Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Adeptus Ridiculous Podcast. My name is DK Diamantes. My equal host in quality and stature is Bricky, and he's going to teach us about the wacky world of Warhammer 40k today, but before he does, if you enjoyed today's episode, head over to patreon.com slash Ridiculous, where you can support us, get access to the Discord, bloopers if they happen, some quality HD posters, and just, you know, it's a good time, lots of good stuff, patreon.com slash Ridiculous. and Bricky, what's going on with the book club and our merch? Ah, uh, yes, merchandise, you may pick up the delicious, powerful, mm. strong characters in the posters, that we have multiple posters currently still available, uh, there's a new flag that you can fly high and proud and also, you can check out all the other things like the dice, the objective mats, uh, so on and so forth. Hell um, yeah. And also, for the book club, we are reading Master of Mankind, a book mm. that apparently gives a pretty good insight on the Emperor himself. Makes him feel like a little <laughs> bit less so. of a background <laughs> character. Uh, whether or not that makes us, li- him, us like him, I have no idea. But apparently, it's like, hey, you want to understand the Emperor a bit better? This is the book. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Might make us hate him. It might. Um, it certainly might. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hey, DK. Hello. What's up? I'm, uh, today's, today's a fun little episode. It's a fun little episode? Let's yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is it's just a little episode. It's just a little episode. It's not a big episode. Just a little episode. Just a little one. You need to shut the fuck Uh, so, this episode is going to be a shorter episode, a little more casual episode. Uh, I've been struggling with a great deal of technical issues as of lately, and I am uh, a little bit uh, more unprepared than I would like. And so we're going to be splitting up this episode into two parts for this thing. Shy has actually shown a pretty great book to me, the Liber Xenology. Xenologist? Uh, oh, that's oh, right, yeah. Library Xenologist. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a book. It's a book. Uh, it is Observations from a Blackstone Fortress by Darius Hinks. Um, might I say, bitchin' cover. Gorgeous. Oh. All right, so this is one of those Blackstones that, uh, Blackstone Fortresses that um, old Isekiel had and chucked at Cadia? I, I love how I know you took that time to try to remember the funny name of, of Abaddon. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was going to say Abaddon, but I was like, what, what, what's the funny name? That we got? Oh, yeah, Isekai anime. We call him Isekai. Yeah, yeah. Isekai Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it is one of those. Uh, there is actually, or at least this book would be more considered a companion piece to the Blackstone Fortress sideboard game that you can buy. Uh, I actually own this oh. board game myself. It's a, a gigantic, um, it's actually pretty big, uh, like kind of little... Smaller way, it's not. You're not playing Warhammer. You're playing like like a different kind of tabletop game. Like I wouldn't say Risk or anything, but you know, it has a board. You have pieces. The classic. I didn't. Um, I didn't realize Warhammer had uh, side board games that you could do instead of like the tabletop. Oh no! I mean, Space Hulk was originally one of them way back in the in the way 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 back days. Oh, I I was I was unawares. I just thought Space Hulk was just. You know, it was, it was a video game based on wacky, kooky 40k lore where ship goes into warp and. You know? I, I mean, that is fair, but no, this uh, this Blackstone Fortress is a game as Shy is posted right there. That Ooh. is you moving through the Blackstone Fortress. 
Um, yeah, you could also say that uh, Aeronautica, Imperialis, and Battlefleet Gothic, and stuff are side games. So this is definitely like, it's a board game. That's the word I was looking for. It's a board game. Oh, um, is Necrom- in- I always thought Necromunda was still played the same way the tabletop was. You're just in a different setting? No, no oh. it, it's, it's totally different. Oh, 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 okay. Um, that being said, uh, despite any, any of this, though, this came with a bunch of minis. And I actually built up quite a few of the minis. And the main group is a Chaos Lord uh, uh, well, the Chaos Lord on the Blackstone Fortress and a bunch of cultists and various other weirdos fighting against you. And you are an, a rogue traitor. Hey, and okay. you are Captain Janice Drake. D-R-A-I-K. Drake, Drake, whatever. Drake, Drake. Um, he is the 12th... <clears throat> sorry, I gotta, I gotta put on the voice for this one. <laughs> the 12th Duke of Vexus Prime, Strategos Major of House Drake, bearer of the Senatorum Imperialis Seal of Exoneration, and incontestable holder of the Imperial Warrant of Trade. Wow, what a this, title. Is that, is that him on the picture with that uh, glorious stash? Glorious stash, baleful uh, eye, and a giant servo skull as a light. Ah, uh, he is immaculate. He is everything I could ever hope to be. He, and if you remember uh, the Rogue Trader game that is currently being worked on by people who make Pathfinder, I forget, Owlcat, Owlcat mm, Games. Yeah, yeah, Owlcat, yeah, um, yeah. Which I played the beta for, or Alpha Me 4, too. and it was so good. I loved it. That, uh, it is very similar, because you may notice in the background, there is an Eldar, there is a Kroot, uh, and also mm-hmm. kinds of things that are part of your squad. And there is, uh, so you could actually have, like, your astropath, and, like, you have a very different group of, of uh, people. Yeah, and what's so the this, big robo? Uh, that is, I think, of Men of Iron? I was going to say, that looks like the, the, the AI thing that you're not supposed to have and is very heretical and no, 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 uh-uh. I, I don't quite remember specifically, but but that's the group that Shy just posted. Eldar on the left, Navigator in the back, you got a Preacher, you got the crazy Zelda sister lady, you got a crew, two Rattlings, and then the robot. Oh, well, the Eldar looks very cool. I love his green robes. Uh, also, damn, those abs, man. Wait, Shy says it's literally AI Man of Iron who slapped on itself an Imperial Aquila, and if anyone asks, it pretended to be an Admech robot. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny actually i did not know that yeah just hide the best place to hide is in plain sight isn't it apparently anyway uh <laughs> in great. the first page of this book it says this volume intended as an aid to instruction is respectfully dedicated to the most glorious the lord high commander of the imperium rabute Gilliman, in gratitude for the much which amid extreme difficulties he has already done to promote the eradication in this galaxy of the xenos threat so this Man, here Gilliman. is basically his um, which he, this guy is the, the most baller drip looking dude. I, I've like, there's some pictures of him in this book. Oh my God. Um, he, he do got some drip though. He's got some drip. It, it is, is basically dripping. his journal, his memoirs and his learnings about Xenos races and the great enemy of mankind. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's just a little, um, what was that? Codex on Xenos aliens. Almost. Uh, from Pretty the much. perspective of uh, this duke. 
and, and among many things that he finds in the Blackstone Fortress as well as out of it, uh, discussions mm-hmm. with compatriots and companions and so on. For example, pretty early on, he talks about something known as spindle drones. Uh, that's actually a model you can have in the, you can see them floating around in the back of that blue picture Shy posted. Um, okay. Spindle drones are like a little excerpt he writes about how these are in almost every single vault of the Blackstone Fortress. And they kind of just diddle themselves around, walk around the place with their funny little legs and stuff. And this big old eye. And once they get close or once you enter an area you're not supposed to be in, they immediately just start slicing you to bits. Just butchering you all apart because it's it's their guardians. It's threat detection, basically. Oh, okay. So those are their, so do they slice you apart with like the legs, or does that one eye start shooting lasers and stuff? Um, I believe it's a little bit of both, but mainly slicing apart the legs. It's Oof. is noted in the book that it, a good shot to the eye is a good way to take him down. Naturally, um, That's and fair. the last sentence states, "I would strongly advise against any attempts at diplomacy." <laughs> well, yeah, because they're drones. You can't. You can't talk down a drone that's, you know, programmed to do a specific thing, right? No. Uh, there's I also guess. Guardian drones, which are much, much bigger. And Guardian oh. drones require mass fire, artillery, heavy plasma weapons, etc. Um, they are, are very weird in the sense that they will often make their smaller little spindle drones go all frenzying and, and start attacking you Whoa. really fast and harm. Uh, but they, in a weird way... With the with the butchered targets that they use, they try to like sew it into the surface of the fortress. The idea oh. is that they basically like they kill you and then they bury your corpse in the walls. Oh, they build it up no. with the walls. The wall, not the walls. We're going the back walls. to the walls. We're in the walls again. Uh, also, look at their look at their doofy little arms. Their doofy little. Little T Rex arms, they're just doobie doobie doobie. yeah, just, just little little help robots. Uh, Shy says they're like baby, you know. Shy says they're like keepers of the Citadel and Mass Effect, but I'd say they're more like if the uh, keeper of the Citadel was like a actively reaper, yeah. a reaper brute, yeah, had yeah. like a Glock. Yeah, because the keepers won't go after you if you're in a if you're in a part of the Citadel that they don't want you to be in, right? Like I these so. things will like and get you. Please do not disturb the keepers. <laughs> Even though we keep scanning them. Yeah. God, so, that achievement was annoying to get, by the way. Anyway, that was sorry. an awful achievement. Oh, Absolutely awful. awful achievement. Just Terrible. disgusting. Mass Effect 1 is is got a lot of problems. Um, so, anyway, moving through that, we get into some of the more interesting stuff. Um, let's talk a lot, actually, at good length, about Crute. Because Ooh, the Crute, that's right. One of his companions is a Crute. Mm. Um, it says that during his early days, he encountered a specimen known as Dayak Grech, G-R-E-K-H, Grech. We're going to call him Grech from out, now dude. on. Get that, get that phlegm out from <laughs> the bottom of your throat. <laughs> We're going to call him Grech. Okay. Um, the, he was, or Grech, was wounded and in the process of being tortured to death by mercenaries, human mercenaries. Uh-huh. And granted, the rogue trader really didn't much care about the crew. But the mercenaries decided to insult his ancestry, and he just couldn't let that slide. Okay. Uh, the, the rogue trader, that is, because he's a duke and he's an important yeah, of guy. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so after killing them, Grek decided that he owed him a life debt and swore to protect him. Ah, he got the Jar Jar treatment. Uh, 
Yeah. The, wait. Is that what he did? He didn't. Yeah. Did, did he swear his life? Obi-Wan saved his life, and then instead of um, uh, uh, his people torturing him and or killing him, he was just like, oh, yeah, you know, Jar Jar owes me a life debt because I saved his life, so he's coming with me. Wow. I like to forget as much as I can about that, but all right. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. Anyway, um, so Grek is now basically kind of acts as a little bit of a bodyguard and, and helper with the rogue trader. And he apparently, it's actually quite nice to Grek in this book. He says he really respects him as a useful and insightful companion. Um, he has the, a very, like, primitive humankind thing to him. And that kind of he kind of appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like okay. Chewbacca is a much better, th- thank you, Shy. That's much better there oh, with this one. Yeah, they showed Chewbacca's origins in, uh, I forget which. Solo. Um, Drek gives a lot of insights into Kroot as a species. Um, obviously, okay. Kroot are are quite physically tough. They got they're very hardened bodies and muscles. They have that kind of avian scales. face, yeah. scales. Got that beak and that like fringe hair. Um, tall, slender, quite agile. Very um, cool. But but the more interesting things is that to go along with the actual Kroot, um, the biology of the Kroot is that one they're actually like. That they're racial. Croots have various types of, of skin colors and, and uh, evolutions. Uh, and okay. they're also extremely widespread. Apparently, they're like everywhere. Huh. Just on, on feudal, or not feudal, like, like, you know, feral, regular jungle planets and stuff. Yeah. And we saw a Croot in the... Caiaphas Cain uh, book. Oh, was it Caiaphas Cain? Yes, it was Caiaphas Cain. Yeah, yeah. And weren't they, wasn't he like gonna eat someone he's like oh this person tastes icky must be a gene stealer or something like that correct so that's actually an interesting part of it um because he speaks about how he was under the impression that crew will eat almost anything but it is in fact <laughs> quite far from the truth now they are able to digest most kinds of meat both raw and freshly killed but they're very very selective because it's not just about providing sustenance. It's about providing, quote-unquote, insights that can be an ability or, like, a memory. If we're going with the Mass Effect thing, think, like, Javik. Um, oh, just, okay. Just instead, you eat him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, if I were if I was a crew and I were to kill you, DK, and eat your body, I would have your some of your memories. And if you know any other <laughs> languages, I would then probably know the language. That's a meal you don't want to have if you get my memories. <laughs> Drek immediately <laughs> throws on a, an anime girl tutu or something. <laughs> he starts uh, he starts uh, fondling a hug pillow or something. Uh, big boob mouse pad. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Anyway, so uh, in the beginning, it seems like it, it, it's actually more digesting certain things can, in a sense, change the biology of the crute. If they just oh. like eat anything and everything, they might just maybe become dumb. <laughs> they might just become dumb, and thus how humanity was born. There's a there's a great part here. It says at first this behavior seems reprehensible and vulgar. Crute um, have absolutely no concept <laughs> of table manners. <laughs> 
that's I like that. Yeah, the, I, I I can just imagine a crew just killed uh, a, just a fresh kill, and he's getting ready. He's like, hold on, let me put in the let me put in the the napkin, and he tucks it into his collar, and you know, he says a little prayer, gets out a fork and knife, and very you know, starts cutting off a finger. They they def- they speak in things like weird clicks and like like tongues kind of stuff like that often. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they they are apparently very annoying deal with in terms of eating, especially because we have Mr. Twelfth Duke of Terra. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a couple, there's a couple other uh, crew types. There's the Crute Hawk, which apparently he has never seen, but Drek has mentioned before. They got that big bird one you see on the bottom right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the idea is that the they're like the meat that they found was definitely pushing more toward the bird thing. That's kind of how they oh, evolved yeah. over so many years. Or like a bat or something. Oh, like a bat. Um, there's the crew talks. I believe that it, this is um, actually something you could. I think this actually has a model. I was gonna say with how many different variations there are and how. how that's much... right. It's so ugly. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I, I was go. just gonna say like with how much variation there is and how much versatility they could have. I would love an actual like crew army. If that could be a thing, because it sounds like you could make some really cool minis out of this, and that'd be cool. I mean, granted, they never will, because, you know, I don't know how much of a seller the crew would be, but well, that's kind of a cool mini, actually. I don't hate that. Really? I hate it. I think really? it, is it so Is awful. it because of how derpy the sort of gorilla crew thing looks? I, a little bit. I just think it looks bad. I think the crew on his back looks all right. I mean, yeah, the, the gorilla thing is a little... I don't mind it, actually. I okay. don't hate it. All right, fair fair enough. I mean, hey, you do you, but I, I do not like it one bit. I think it looks awful. Well, you also like SpongeBob. You do realize how many enemies you make with statements like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, good. But, anyway, uh, crew talks... Oh, well. Are crute that are super large and chunky, like like the the thing that he's on is a crute. Yeah, it is just a crute that has gone to become so tough and strong that they have because they've eaten basically everything in sight. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it just primarily focused on maybe like uh, gorillas, muscular stuff, sort of primal uh, animals, and so it kind of adapted to what it was eating and it just kind of turned into this sort of a unga bunga you know um power first type of deal it could have started that way sure uh but at the moment they don't really gain any insights from their food anymore they're they're Ah. not they're not very smart they've lost a lot of intelligence by just eating everything and anything Mm -hmm. so they just become base instinct big hulking mass So if you're a crew, would it be better to be selective of what you eat so that you don't necessarily become a mindless hulk? Yeah, that, that's the that's the point. Is that the like the mentioned before that crew is not a eat everything. It's picky. It's a picky eater, oh, oh, so oh, it only oh, right, eats certain right, things, right. so it doesn't become this way. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Shai says crew that planet already was uh, out of my mind. Shai says, Croup Planet was once attacked by Necrons. They fought them off and tried to eat the Necrons, which caused them to evolve to have nano-sized canoptic scarabs inside that immediately killed off all the crew on the planet. Oh, no! Let's go, Necron supremacy! Oh, no! 
Oh, but for a second, they did evolve to be sort of pseudo-Necron-esque before, oh, yuck. Oh, Croot. There's also oh. a couple other Croots. There's the Croot Hound, the little dog. Oh, oh yeah, okay. okay. little angry, screechy Croot dog. There's also the Narlock, which is basically a gigantic winged Crootox. It is, it is a big flying crew. I, I immediately think of like the Avatar movie with um with the big flying dragons they have to tame. Oh yeah, the Banshee. Is that what that's called? That's what the humans call them. Okay. I, I think of it like that. Giant crew flyer kind of deal. Yeah, Banshee. Kind of makes cool. sense. So, I mean, those are a lot of the variations of Crute. I do remember that there was uh, something hilarious. Oh, there it is. Um, it said, the more sp- time I spent with Grek, the more I sense that his glowering monosyllable nature is a ruse. And I've caught <laughs> glimpses of wry, dark humor in him. Uh, I believe the crew only play the part of savages. They carry crude rifles and dress in rags, but cross the void in ships more efficient than anything in the Imperial Navy. Because Tau... Oh, um, okay. Apparently, so they're kind of playing down how much they know and how smart they are. A little bit. It says okay. uh, one occasion, Grek became unintentionally intoxicated and began singing, um, <laughs> saying, cause "This is one of the times it uh, he was breaking his facade." It said the poison in his blood reminded him of something called Vak, V A W K. The singing was so shocking and so unpleasant. That it took me a moment to realize he was using gothic. Oh. <laughs> I, I Something about drunk lizard crew thing. Just going to town, drunk, karaoke, uh, bakemitai. It's just, I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. He was apparently singing a song called The Battle of the Nothing Sea. And it's uh, it's a long section, so I won't really no, go into was, it. But he was dame dame. Was he dame dame? Yeah, he was dame dame. Someone's gonna gonna use that AI thing to just have the crew saying <laughs> dame dame now for a video. You're welcome. Excellent. You're welcome. Um, but no, it's it's interesting seeing like the crew companion. How much he, he's often talks in like riddles and weird things like that. But then I guess he got drunk and started singing a, about a, an old tale. Um, like like a drunk uh, seafarer, you know? Ah, drunken sailor. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's cool, really cool. it for the crew section of the book. Um, <clears throat> there's a whole section right after this about abhumans uh, that I'd like to actually save for another episode. Because I, I, like I said, I want this episode to be a little bit shorter. I want to talk about something that I just really like. And, I, and we've talked about this already, but you probably forget it all because you forget everything. Yeah, that's, that's and, true. Fair enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so I want to talk about the Catachin wildlife. Oh, what a shocking development. Oh, my. You of all people want to talk about Catachin? No. You got more? No, I'm done. You got more? You you got you. Oh, you can keep going if you like. I was going to wait as long as I needed to. (laughs) I don't want to make this episode too long for Dick. (laughs) Anyway. Thank you very much, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, there was also a, a Katachin person that the rogue trader got a chance mm. to talk with and meet and, and discuss. This was a man known as Kircher, K-I-R-C-H-E-R. Okay. Uh, his, uh, by the name, sorry, let me phrase that. His, the name was Leadboot Kircher. 
holding court in one of the large booths uh, in a saloon over in this drinking uh, den, basically. So when he sneezes, he needs a handkerchief. That was awful. That was so (laughs) awful. That was not even good. I'm disappointed at how shit that was. Holy shit. I I live for those reactions. (laughs) So, anywho... Uh, it was, he was basically, he was a Katachin guy there and a Katachin guy and a bar is just like, it's like seeing an ogrin, a small ogrin. They're just so big, man. They're giant. Mm -hmm. And he was talking (laughs) with him and he said he demanded drinks as payment for every brutal tale he tells him. And by the row of empty cups arrayed before him, he had already explained several of his battle trophies to the various denizens of the bar. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So he wanted to learn more about Apex Predators. And so uh, he would uh, go ahead and talk about the various things on Catachin. The first one being, of course, the Catachin Devil. Mm Mm-hmm. The Devil. The the Devil. The scorpion-like arachnid that grows up to 100 feet in length. That's the one that's kind of like a a, a train bug, right? Yeah, I mean, train might... Is a train bug more like because it's so long and stuff? Yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. actually the train. Yeah, ain't size. nobody riding this thing because uh, if you're riding it, you got eaten by it and you're dead. Well, the uh, hundred feet, hundred foot in length catching devil as a barbed tail with venomous sting and a maw with poisonous tentacles. Of course, the rainforests are just completely teeming with it, and the guardsmen consider it a rite of passage to kill one. Holy moly! All right, cool, 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 cool. I, I I like how on the picture Shy posted, it's uh, its markings even have like a skull pattern on the that front uh, scythe thing. Oh, the his left the left thing looks like a little yeah. like a little gross skull. Yeah. Yeah, the claw. The claw. The claw. The villain of its. Oh gadgets. yeah, I guess it is a claw. I didn't see the little. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's a claw. Um, he says uh. In order to, uh, for his first encounter with one of them, explained he had to fight it with nothing but a combat knife, as tradition indicated. Um, after several after several injuries, parentheses, he pointed out horrific scars, he had been unable to get close enough to land a killing blow. Then, tapping his metal leg, he revealed in a nonchalant tone that he deliberately allowed the devil to lock its mandibles around his leg so that he had a chance to punch his knife through a weak spot in his carapace while it was feeding on him. He knew this Whoa. would cost him the leg, but thought it was a worthwhile sacrifice to gain entry to the regiment. What a badass! It was a oh, an interesting Lord. thing. <laughs> uh, apparently, Catachin Devils can actually be rather easily defeated by just placing the discarded car- uh, carapace of another Catachin Devil near it, which will then get, like, uh, territorial, and then you can just jump on the beast. But he considered it, quote, a cowardly ploy. That's fair. Uh, But but had the gall to suggest that I, I, the rogue trader, might need to use it if I ever was on (laughs) Catachin. Because I'm too weak. Because you're too weak. You're just a normie human. Wow. Um, All right. There is a image for this next one. Okay, okay. The Catachin face eater. Shy, oh, I'm, I'm sure you have to be prepped for this one because this is a f***ing image. 
I'm assuming it's not like an alien face hugger where it just, you know, it's a little... And it's just... not that not that simple looking, no. Oh, great. All right. So this is this is the stuff of nightmares. Oh, my God. What the... <laughs> what... <laughs> what the hell is the... It, it's... Does it just shroud itself over your face and then just eat so, you? What in the... What in the... Explain. So, the first line is, even by the standards of an Astra Militarum veteran, Kircher was an ugly man. <laughs> the bone structure of his face was brutal and angular, as though hammered rather than grown. They did not seem to fit. Um, turns out, it's because he had a replacement face grafted onto his skull after being removed from one of his fallen comrades. Oh! So, face eaters are fauna that disguise themselves as flora and are found across the jungles of his home. They usually resemble a large pallid leaf or a thin bracket of fungus, but also adopt other forms, and they wait patiently for months or years before they slowly float off of wherever they are and pounce on the enemy prey. They begin digestive processes as they come into contact with the face, block air holes to suffocate the victim, and plant larvae in the body. Oh, gross. Kircher had seen the creatures in action and knew what lay in store when one latched onto his face as he tried to get a drink from a stream. Knowing he had seconds to live, he used his combat knife to cut away his face. Oh my god! And throw it back into the stream with the parasite still attached. Quote, he did not seem overly concerned by this loss, stating that he preferred his new face. Whoa! Ay-ay-ay! <laughs> cut his own face off to survive and then found one of his dead men and took his face, Hannibal Lecter style. Oh my god! Maybe he, maybe he was super ugly before, so he was like, hey, kind of an improvement. You know, it's, you know, it could be worse. But he cut his own damn face off. Like Yo, he, he, sorry, Nicolas Cage. I, damn, I was about to say that, you son of a... Damn I did it. my best. You got me. You yeah, it's pretty me. horrifying, right? Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, yep, I'd call it that. Um, the next one is a, is a rather famous one. Uh, the Green Barking Toad. Sorry, the Great Barking Toad. This sounds familiar. I vaguely remember something about the uh, the great barking toad or whatever. This sounds super familiar. It is a toad that, when slightly provoked, explodes. Uh, okay. And and I'm assuming you could technically throw these things like pseudo-grenades? No, uh, because they, they agitate way too quick. Ah, okay. I, so, I feel like I may have asked that because this sounds like a familiar conversation. So, Kircher explained that the burns over his right-hand side were sustained when the rest of his squad disturbed one of the toads. He was scouting a perimeter half a mile away from his comrades. Oh, my God. And he was the only one to survive the blast. He was wearing what looked like a piece of weathered leather around his neck, and he said that was all the toad left of his sergeant. Oh, my God. Man, Katachin, am I right? What a place. What a place. What a place. You're going for a drink of water and a leaf falls on your head. Oopsie, no more face. Uh, you take the wrong step. Oops, I agitated the toad. 
half a mile long explosion. Like, <laughs> I like Chai. I'm very happy you posted that because that's obviously what everyone nowadays thinks of the of the toad. There's a little text to speech meme with the toad. Oh, I want to boop the snoot. Yeah, yeah Vulcan and then touches the toad and he blows up and dies. Yeah, but then he comes back alive because he's Vulcan. Because he's Vulcan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's quite a sh- quite shenanigans. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I got four more for you, mm-hmm. catachin okay. wise. Okay. First one we have. These are all uh, fauna. No, flora. Sorry, because we remember even all of the plants, the plants are carnivorous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is the brain leaf. Oh no! Not another one of these crazy leaves that latches onto your head and does some inexplicable horror. Well, oh now, sweet! Now I don't even need to describe it. <laughs> so they they fling themselves in the air like a bird, with barbed tendrils that attach to their place prey's flesh and are almost oh. impossible to remove. And once in place, spread the tendrils into the body, meshing with the nervous system. They basically become. A mindless, they become a zombie. There's, it, it zombifies them. Oh, it's can, a brain slug! Yeah, they can only perform minor and basic motor functions, and unless there is a threat to the leaf, which in what they will act to defend it excessively, as in oh. like a zombie beating up your friends. Oh, gross. it is Last of Us leaf. Oh man, and so does it just like slowly start eating your brains or something, or does it just like be sort of a pseudo? I don't want to say symbiotic because you don't gain anything by this thing latching onto your head. Um, no, there's nothing symbiotic about it at all. It's parasitic. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's right. It is par- completely parasitic. But like, does it feast on you? Does it slowly eat away at you until nothing's left, or does it just latch on and like? What, what does it do once it grabs you? Oh, Shy says the brain leaf uses its victims to protect itself and propagate its young. Of course it does. Oh, that sounds about right, yeah. yeah Looks like yeah. a zombie would go trying to spread the virus. Yep, yep. Uh, it came, said brain leaf can be removed <clears throat> from the victim, though it's incredibly dangerous to the victim. If they aren't killed by the agonizing procedure, they will suffer permanent nerve damage. I believe That's, that. Yeah, permanent nerve damage seems like the least of your worries if one of these things has attached itself to you. I must say, uh, there's a humorous part here that says um, that, <laughs> incredibly, members of various catch and astro military regiments race through brain leaf groves as a rite of passage. Oh, my God. That's, um, oh, boy, that uh, that is a rite of passage I do not want to take part in at all. Oh I like. I just God. love how they just have these suicidal <laughs> things to join the Astro Militarum Regiment, which really goes yeah. with the idea that the Catechins are some of the toughest sons of bitches out there. It's like, oh, kill the devil, run through the zombie leaves. <laughs> yeah. It's that's that's a that's a lot. I and, and also the hardest one of them all, survive to your twenties. Yeah. That is, if you meet a catechin, it's like, oh, yeah, I survived on catechin into my 40s. It's like, whoa, <laughs> whatever you want, sir. Yes, sir, sir. Just, uh, hey, I don't want to make you mad. It's, yeah, holy jeez. Um, there is, the <clears throat> next one is a simpler one known as the spiker. It's a big, big spiky ball. Oh, apropos name. And it fires out spines when you get close to it in every direction. And if one Uh would pierce the skin, it is doomed, as toxins flood the bloodstream and alter their anatomy. 
If it oh. is human, it may manage to stumble around for an hour or two, sprouting oh. spines from their flesh. Oh. But it is so fast-acting <laughs> that they will not understand what is even happening before they have completely turned indistinguishable, just like the original Spiker. Oh, boy. So it's like Sonic the Hedgehog from hell. That is... Why is it like that? What do you mean, why is it like that? Why? Why? Just because it has spikes? Yeah, and it, it, it curls up into a ball? Is it, n- no, it just is a ball. Oh. It, it, it just fires quills. Yeah, and well, it turns you, you yeah, into yeah, look, the look, at, look at that gif of, of Sonic going fast. It's the same thing. He's all spiky and stuff, too. This thing, I think this thing is immobile. He's, he's a, you know, Sonic memes are pretty toxic. Like, you have the spike. It's the all same right, thing. Right. It's really I, the I, same I, thing. I just, it's the I, same thing, Bricky. You, you have been so bad today, all right? It's the You're, same thing. You have been so off today, goddamn. <laughs> Listen, man. Maybe, I don't know. Just keep going. Ah, uh, yeah, Shy makes a point. Anyone who touches it too much becomes a walking disease, much like Sonic fans. Exactly. See? See? With their inflation art and everything, it's same thing. Okay, great. Breath weed. <laughs> Breath weed. <laughs> breath weed? That doesn't sound bad. It is unclear if the breath weed is a true plant or a form of fungus. It grows on the sides of trees uh, and, and other kinds of vines, and it gets you high as shit. Just kidding. That doesn't put that here. Uh-huh. Um, if, a, it, if you were to brush past the weed, it dissolves into a cloud of spores, and a single one that lands on your mouth will attach itself to your tongue. And at oh, this no. stage, it would be impossible to remove the spore, but doesn't even look like anything besides a small blister. Oh, all right. Um, and then what? It's overlooked, and by a day or two, it is then just absorbed, and no one can see it anymore. Uh, over the subsequent weeks, the spore will eat <clears throat> the tongue from the inside out, growing itself as it does, eventually taking the place as the original tongue and is <laughs> indistinguishable from it. Oh, God. All right. That's the tongue gross. is actually a hungry, growing parasite that absorbs most of the nutrients that you eat. And therefore, the owner of the body will slowly just die a, a miserable death of starvation, not understanding <laughs> as they eat all the food. And when they die, their tongue will dissolve, releasing into more spores. Oh, just lovely. Just... Oh, man, Katachin sounds like it's just a paradise world. Ay, ay, ay. Certainly a, um, <clears throat> certainly a much more insidious variant of the stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, couldn't, couldn't Ooh, they yeah, figure sh- it no. out? Wait, because... Shy has a fun fact. I want to know oh. the fun fact. Oh, no. It exists in real life! No! <laughs> I don't it's like this in... fun fact anymore. It's inspired by Cymothoa exgua, a parasitic isopod which attaches to a fish's tongue and eventually replaces it. Oh, so kind of like how cordyceps is a uh, is oh, yeah, like an actual clickers. thing. Yeah. Huh. But, but if you're on Catachin, like, wouldn't you get like used to the idea that like, oh, if there's a blister on my tongue. Uh, chances are I got this thing. Like, even if it's like, oh, the blister went away. Oh, cool, whatever. Like, if there's a blister on your tongue and you're on catachin, aren't you just like, uh-oh, I know what this means. I don't have a tongue anymore. Uh, second point. 
How often do you think Katachin people get blisters? Well, right, but how often do you think they get them on their tongue? I don't know. They're in Katachin. I mean, that's true. I like, like I, God knows what kind of food they have to eat. That probably just gives you blisters in general. Uh, that's true. They probably like eat pine cones and stuff, and yeah, and, and shit gold. <laughs> That's I, I I guess I didn't think about like what the average diet of a Katachin, uh soldier person citizenry is. So yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. That they that could go completely undetected because oh yeah, I'm eating spines anyway and bones and yeah. Um, the last one we have here <clears throat> is the Venus Man Trap. <laughs> Please tell me that's just a giant Venus flytrap that's carnivorous and traps human beings. I mean, that's about right. Uh, nice. In order to to maintain what I mentioned earlier, I'm going to keep this one to be the last one for this episode. Keep it a little short before we adopt the next one. But the last <laughs> one here is just, it just, I think this one just in general really. Whoa. Really, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the picture of it is not what I was expecting. So I feel like there's nothing that really grasps Katachin than this thing right here. It is a large carnivorous plant that is basically it looks like flora and fauna at the same time, and it's just extreme. It is spiky, it is giant jaws, and it does not, in fact, wait for you to go in them, but it will reach <laughs> out and grab you. Oh, yeah, that thing looks like it would absolutely just, you know, you're just whistling, just do-do-do-do-do, and a And it will grab, apparently grab and drag you to your death at the strength of a large predator. Apparently... As is Katachin tradition, many jungle fighter <laughs> regiments require a guardsman to snatch a petal from the heart of the man trap before being promoted to the rank of sergeant. Katachin rituals suck. <laughs> <laughs> Katachin rituals blow. This is awful. Like, it's hard enough to survive this place, but, like, these rituals are ass. All right, man. You want to join the guard? Kill a Katachin devil. All right, ma'am, you want to join other parts of the garden? Run through the brain leaf grove. <laughs> All right, buddy, you've done a great job. You're a, you've now survived two engagements with the Tyranids. Now it's time to promote you to sergeant. Grab that leaf off the man. I don't know if they survived the thing with Tyranids. They probably aren't. That's probably man. If you can survive the Tyranids, chances are the, uh, the, the Venus man trap is, you know, a step down from a Nid horde. Probably, yeah, probably just slightly, if anything. Ever so slightly. Look at those guns! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh dude, it's Katachin. I know, but, like, I mean, with everything they have to go through, of course they're going to be built like a stone wall. But, oh, my God, those are like 30-inch pythons on his arm. Holy gotta, moly. Got to think about the concept of, like, all right, here we got the good old Katachim who have who have been lived in this world for what, like six thousand years? Oh yeah, oh there there he is putting an orc in a headlock. <laughs> Damn. What a guy. Wow. What an absolute beefcake. Also, like, does he have like what what's up with his arm? Does he have bones pierced through it? Oh shit, he does. Is that like some Katachin decoration? I mean, that most likely, It wouldn't yeah. surprise me. It's like, you pierce your ears, I pierce my biceps. We are not the same. 
Question is, do they do they talk like uh, do they talk like Southerners or they talk like Australians? Oh, totally Aussies, dude. Also, let's not forget, like, also let's not forget Katachin women. Like, this is one of the uh, female tank commanders. You know? Uh-oh. Epic embed failure. Laugh at this user. It's just taking oh, a second. No, I'm fine. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Damn. But yeah. Look. Yeah. Catch and women are indistinguishable from the men. They're gigantic. <laughs> They're huge. Damn. Look at those guns. Jeez. Yeah. they like. There's the, the, the orc gun skull show. on the front, you know? Jeez, let's go. Katachin are... That is a wild planet to live on. Where is that? Oh, there it is. I was looking for this image for a while, too. The more recent one of fighting the demons. Look <laughs> at that dude. Oh, yeah, I have I remember this picture. Wow, that's a big gun. That that's Is that a normal-sized uh, That's bolter? a bolter, yeah. That's a... Jeez, I did not realize how big bolters were. I really did not. I don't know. I guess it's just because space marines are so huge that they just one-hand it like it's nothing. Babbity boop boop boop. But good lord, that thing is gigantic. It's a really good time. Anyway, like I said, I want to keep this episode a bit short because we had delays and I had some tech problems and stuff. Okay. Um, so what this we talked about? Fun know, though. Crute and Crute uh, and Katachin. You know, we covered a few things we already covered Crutichin. before. Crutichin. Um, but we'll talk a bit more about some of the various human abhumans and also some of the sump creatures next time around. Sump. Really creepy, like, things that live in the dredgings of hive worlds and stuff Ooh, like that. Just really yeah. nasty stuff. Ooh. My favorite type of human is an abhuman because I do love the abs. All right, DK. How much what? money do you have to give me so I can make a towel of... Um, Torch star body pillow. How much money do I... How much do they cost? Just let me know. I mean, aren't body pillows like normally around 80 bucks for like the really good high quality tricot stuff? Probably. I've never bought a high quality body pillow. Try and the episode, I need to do some research. (laughs) 